Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. You turn with me to the book of Ephesians, please. I'm taking in a side from my favorite passages. This is not one of my favorite, as I said last week. We will finish today. Our study in Ephesians 4. Reading the scriptures, we began in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles or unbelievers walk in the futility of their mind. If you try to resolve everything in your mind, you will get nothing but fatigue and futility. If you try to figure everything out about your life, your business, your children, your grandchildren, your health, you will only experience futility because in the realm of your mind is not where your power resides. It's in your spirit, man, where the Holy Spirit has caused you to be reborn to a living hope and connected you to the resurrected one who has authority over all things. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Do you understand that people are unbelievers not because they just are choosing to be uh, radical and disobedient and rebellious? They're doing it because of the blindness of their heart. They don't see the witness of the truth and the one who has already redeemed them by his blood but they have not, they're blind and they have not connected with nor received that gift. Being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with, good, with, with greediness. But you have not learned Christ in this manner if indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He's the epitome of the truth. Do you all understand that Mohammed was not the truth. He didn't die for you. And he was not raised from the dead. Jesus is the truth. Put off, verse 22, concerning your former way of conducting yourself, the old man, that is, the way we used to be in our thinking, speaking, and behaving before we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. It grows corrupt. According to this deceitful lust, how many of you know that left to itself, your old flesh, although its power has been broken at the cross, left to itself, you and I are just as capable as anybody else of acting in our own sin and darkness. I say this over and over and over again. You and I are one bad choice away from hurting a lot of people. Never forget that. There is something healthy about the fear of God, recognizing that we are totally dependent on the Lord and walking in and with Him, and we are capable of operating in the flesh. Thank God we don't have to. That power's been broken off of us, and we choose by faith through the grace of God to walk in the Spirit. Verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put off 
and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away all lying. If you haven't heard last week's message, it's online. Let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. Be angry. There is a time and a place for righteous anger. It's okay to be angry about those things that make God angry. But do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You ought to have a time limit on even righteous anger. If you continue to walk even in righteous anger, you're going to become very attractive to the devil. Do you see those Christians who go around and all they do, all they do is criticize and picket and complain and rebuke and talk about how bad everything and everybody else is. Operating out of a spirit of anger toward anything and everything that's not in their right. There's no grace to it. They do nothing but harm. Put aside your anger. Verse 26, 27, or give a place to the devil. If I walk around angry, even if I'm angry for a righteous cause, I'm going to give the devil an opportunity. It is not only okay, it is well and good to express your anger even to God. Some of you think it's sin to tell God how angry you are with Him. You ought to read the Psalms sometime. David almost with a shaking fist would say, why did you let this happen? Why have you chosen, why are you giving the wicked all this favor and your righteous sons and daughters are suffering? You could stop it and you don't. That's in Holy Scripture. If all you do is stuff that anger even toward God down on the inside of you, it will eventually come out and it will come out wrong and destructive. God is a big God. He can handle your anger towards Him. The only one who never sinned with his last breaths looked up to heaven and said, My God, why have you forsaken me? God can handle it. And He won't kick you out of the family for expressing how you really feel towards Him. That sometimes is part of processing your own spiritual journey. Let him who stole, verse 28, steal no longer. In other words, get involved in labor. This doesn't always look like a job where you get a paycheck. Labor is whatever assignment God has given you. Be involved in his assignment, not waiting on somebody else to fix everything for you. Verse 29, let no corrupt, rotten word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Remember what we said last week at the end? You have an opportunity to have a ministry of impartation 
of favor and ability to others through the words you say. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. By your words you'll be justified, or by your words you'll be condemned, Matthew 12, 37. Do you know that you can kill that which is good with your words? You can kill your relationships, you can kill the spirit of your children, you can kill your marriage, you can kill happiness and joy, and you can, look, words carry the ability to kill or to give life. And what this scripture is saying here is, speak those things that build up, that edify, that, is, that, that show esteem, that affirm, that endorse, those things that give grace, favor and ability to those who hear. You've got an opportunity to have an incredible ministry. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All these things that were listed in the context can grieve the Holy Spirit, but he goes on. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, what is bitterness? Bitterness is aged anger. It's been in there a while. It's been in there a while. Bitterness goes beyond anger. Anger reveals itself with emotional outbursts, and sometimes it's carried over and it can poison our spirit. But bitterness is anger that's been in there a while, and bitterness wants to see the demise of the offender. Bitterness wants to see the other person pay for how they've hurt you. Clamor. Clamor is translated loud quarreling and evil speaking. Let all these things be put away from you with all malice. Can I tell you something? If you're in a disagreement with somebody, it's better to humble yourself and obey the Scriptures, the Word says that for lack of kindling, the fire goes out. If you can ask God to give you the grace to remove the kindling from the fire and just be willing to receive whatever is coming your way, you will find out that a kind word, a kind word establishes and reconnects contact but bitter words stir up more anger. Can I tell you something? It's better, it's better to ask for forgiveness and remove kindling than it is to insist on being right. In the relationship that are interpersonal. We're not always talking about those that become legal. We're talking about our interpersonal relationships. Be kind to one another. Remember, this is all about how we operate with one another in, a, in the body of Christ. Be kind to one another. You know, kindness is the most forgotten fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says that the fruits of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness. What is kindness? 
kindness at its heart is goodness and gentleness. I want all the men to listen to me. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness is strength under control. Gentleness is strength under control. Kindness. All of us need to be on the journey of asking the Lord to develop more of a spirit of goodness and gentleness of kindness in our life. Romans 2.24 says an amazing thing. It is the kindness of God that draws us to repentance. Are you listening? You didn't come to God because you felt like He was going to get you if you didn't. You came to God because of the attractiveness and magnetism of His kindness and love and goodness towards you. It is the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. Listen to me, parents. Be firm and be fair with your children, but do not discipline your children until your anger is put in check and you can deal out of a sense of self-control. You will make more of a mess than you help. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Don't let your heart grow cold and indifferent toward the Lord and toward each other. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Here's a question for you. What has God, through Jesus at the cross, what has He refused to forgive you of? No, I I didn't say who won't let go of something. I said, what has God, looking at you through Christ on the cross, what has He refused to forgive you of? Look at this command. We are to forgive even as God in Christ forgave us. Is there anything that you have a right to not forgive somebody for? Why is forgiveness so hard? Why is it so difficult? Most of the time it's because we approach it the wrong way. Yeah, most of the time forgiveness is so difficult because we approach it the wrong way. If you try to approach it with your emotions and say, I'm going to work myself up, and sooner or later I'm going to feel like forgiving, I will forgive when I eventually feel like it. You won't ever get there. It hurts too badly. Can you just process it through meditation on Scripture, through the realm of your mind, and eventually you can mentally release it no because your mind don't release the offender your mind reminds and replays what the offender did to you you don't have release in the realm of your mind 
You can't get it in your emotions because it hurts too bad. And every time your mind replays what the offender did, your emotions respond with pain, with anger, with any number of responses. It's also very difficult for us to forgive because that old part of us, that part of us that is outside of the new person that Christ has made us, that old flesh wants so badly for our offender to get it. If you would just recognize how you have hurt me, if you would just get it, we want so, but our flesh wants them to get it. Our flesh wants them to repent and ask forgiveness before we grant it. Before we grant it. And our flesh wants them, in the absence of that, to pay for what they've done to us, for the pain they've inflicted. Our flesh, our emotions are working against us, our mind is working against us, our old flesh is working against us. No wonder it's so difficult to forgive. Understand this, that forgiveness is an act of your will. It starts with seeing the requirement of the Lord Jesus to forgive. And it is first and foremost a decision of your will. But I promise you, if you will decide, He will provide the strength to do it. Some people believe that, well, if I really forgave, I'd feel better. You ever had a stone bruise? A bruise that goes all the way to the bone? Isn't it amazing how sometimes you can think all is well. There's not a problem in the world. But if that gets touched, it'll draw you to your knees. That's what holding an offense does. You can put it out of your mind on occasions. Your emotions can get some relief. But if there's just relief and no resolution, uh, the issue is still there. Many years ago, in the early part of this ministry, the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day in my own study, in my own pursuit of the Lord. And he said, I want you to forgive. My first reaction was to argue and say, I think I've already done that. And the Holy Spirit led me to do this. Get out a sheet of paper. So I tore out a sheet of paper out of my notepad. And he said, ask me who it is on the inside of you 
that's locked up somewhere even beyond your recognition and those that are easy to know. I want you to write down the names of anybody that you need to forgive, even those who are just an irritant to you. Maybe they are not, maybe they hadn't hurt you deeply, but you ju they're just an irritant to you. So a name or two came to the top of my list, and I thought I was done. The Holy Spirit said to me, go on. And as I begin to have names come to the forefront of my mind, rather than argue with the Lord, I just wrote it down. And I'm not proud of how long that list began to be. And then the Lord said, I want you to go through every one of these and I want you to come before me in faith, just in faith. And I want you to release them. I want you to forgive them as an act of your will and I want you to release them from having to pay for what they've done to you. So I went through every name, one by one, and I asked the Lord to give me the grace. And I didn't feel a thing. Some of them I didn't even want to. Y'all know what I mean? I didn't feel that way emotionally. I couldn't get there with my mind. But as an act of my will, in obedience to what Jesus commanded us in the Word, I did it. There were no dramatic lights from heaven. There were no mighty revelations. But I will tell you this, that the atmosphere of my inner man began to clear up. I will tell you that there seemed to be more of an anointing. I will tell you that I seemed to walk a little freer, feel a little different in my inner man. Maybe you need to make a list. Did you hear me? Maybe you need to make a list. You can have offenses you're holding on to that you're not even consciously aware. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Well, how do I get there? Number one, we don't get there usually because we're going about it the wrong way. The way to get there is to ask the Lord to give you revelation of how much He loves you Ask the Lord to give you revelation of His grace and mercy towards you and ask the Lord to give you deep revelation of your own forgiveness. Most people don't forgive who have never tasted forgiveness. Ask the Lord to give you revelation, deep revelation. Colossians 2.13 says He has forgiven you all your sins. Which one of your sins do you think are outside the blood of the cross? Tell the Lord you're sorry for ever feeling that way. And thank God that every one of your sins have been forgiven. 
Hebrews 8, 12 says that your sins and your lawless deeds now because of the new covenant in my blood, I will remember no more. Do you know that when you come and face your sin and, off and receive the, 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 the forgiveness of the Lord at the cross, do you know that all your sins have been wiped out of God's consciousness? Your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more, says the Lord. Ask God to give you revelation of His love and mercy and forgiveness. Then get serious about Jesus' requirement, including the consequences of unforgiveness. Do you know that Mark eleven twenty five 25 says that even though you may have faith to move mountains, if you don't forgive, you can't connect with your own forgiveness. If you are unwilling to forgive, your faith won't work. It'll stop miracles from happening. It'll stop God from doing what He desperately desires to do for you. He can't do that because the heart of God is forgiveness. And if I hold on and refuse to forgive somebody else, I violate the heart of God. What else happens? My inner man gets poisoned. I'm held hostage. Do you know that if you will not forgive somebody and you won't receive your own forgiveness, there's poison on the inside of you. Your spirit man won't work right. And in your spirit are all the resources of the Holy Spirit to cause you to succeed in every area of life God assigns you. Unforgiveness will poison the inner atmosphere where the Holy Spirit desires to have a place of worship and prayer and power. Not to mention the fact that if I won't forgive, or listen to me, I'm going to build a legacy that I will transfer to those under my influence. You have children or grandchildren, you have business associates. You have ministry partners. You have a spouse. Those under your influence will have their own spiritual atmosphere poisoned. You will begin to leave a legacy of poison, of anger, of a lack of forgiveness and bitterness. You will begin to deposit that in those under your influence. Don't say, well, it's just hurting me. That's a lie from hell. The greatest thing, listen parents, the greatest thing your children will ever learn is the atmosphere in which they, they operate day to day growing up. You've got an opportunity to go to your office. You've got an opportunity in your home. You have an opportunity in the church to stop being a carrier of poison. Somebody hurt you. Somebody walked out on you. Somebody disappointed you or violated you. 
you got to go before the Lord and come to grips with your own forgiveness and be willing for Jesus' sake, not for theirs, you'll never get there, but for Jesus' sake to forgive them and release them into his hands. Otherwise, you will build a legacy that will have a root in those under your influence's life. You know why? Because spiritual atmosphere is transferable. It's transferable. You know what that means? You can give those under your influence the opportunity to connect with your bitterness. Do you want that? God, have mercy. Don't let us do that. Ask the Lord for the grace, His favor and ability to see yourself totally forgiven and to release those who've offended you into the hands of God. The Word says, God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Don't take vengeance on yourself. Defending yourself is one thing, destruction is another. Ask God for the grace to forgive. And then as an act of your will, just do it. Just do it. Well, will I instantly have all memories of that offense wiped out of my mind? No, sir. That doesn't mean you hadn't forgiven. Remember, forgiveness is not an act of your mind. It's an act of your will, a transaction between you and your Lord. In my case, when the when the flesh would bring these people back up to my mind or when I would see them, I would have to say, on the basis of what I did with God, I have forgiven them, and I now bless them and release them into the hands of God. Not up to me to make them pay. Today I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something mighty. I'm going to give you an opportunity to let the Lord and the grace of God to remove clouds from your inner man. Today in the final act of our worship, and this is an incredible act of worship, as we receive Holy Communion today at the end of the service, I'm asking you to ask the Lord. You know, Holy Communion is intimate fellowship with Him. I'm asking you to ask the Lord for two things. I'm asking you to ask the Lord as you receive Holy Communion. As you take this that represents the shed blood and broken body of Jesus, and as you go back to your seat or any place in this room or anywhere, I'm asking you to say, Lord, give me greater revelation that all my sins have been wiped away. I offended you with my sin, and you have released me from all my offenses. And then I want to ask you as you receive Holy Communion, if you will say to the Lord, Holy Spirit, bring to my mind anybody that I need to forgive today. And with the forgiveness, 
that I have received, I give to them. Between me and you. This is between me and you. This is not between you and anybody else. This is between you and God. Forgiveness and restoration are not the same thing. Forgiveness is absolutely essential. You're going to have to leave it up to God and your cooperation with Him about the other. But forgiveness is something you can do. ask Him to give you revelation in your inner man of Jesus. With spikes nailed through His wrist, His feet, with blood flowing from His body, from His head, a crown of thorns. I want you to ask the Lord right now to give you revelation of what God saw at the cross. Now, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we reach in. We reach in by faith to what happened at the cross. We reach in by faith right now. And we receive our forgiveness. Full and complete. Cleansed and wiped out of your consciousness by your own grace. By your choice. And we declare, Lord, that as we reach in and receive that forgiveness, we let go of anybody we're holding on to. We release them now into your hands. And we praise you that forgiveness is ours. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week. Pray that you'll walk released this week. Be quick to forgive by the grace of God. We'll see you next week. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.